Good morning and welcome to High Life. It's good to have you with us uh, again today and it's uh, great um, to, to be able to spend this time with you. Um, we are concluding our, our series on the building of the model nation today. Um, so I'm just going to uh, take us through uh, some highlights of, of the things that, that we have touched upon. You know, I, I feel I should emphasize at this point that, <clears throat> you know, there are many things that are said during the course of these sessions that really are um, just small seeds that need to be uh, unpacked further. Many things in and of themselves can be explored and deepened and developed. So I'd encourage us um, as we reflect on, on, on the series to just, um, just meditate on, on whatever stands out to you uh, so that the Lord can can, can speak to our hearts individually and, and speak to our hearts contextually. You know, these, um, these words that he sends to us uh, are so that, you know, they can be applicable in, in the here and now, applicable in the context of our nation. Um, and, and it's only really him that can illuminate our hearts and, and show us our place in his overall plan. Um, so let's just uh, pray as we begin. Our Father and our God, we just praise you and thank you, my God, because you are you are at work in us and you are at work among us and you are at work in our nation. We thank you, my God, that you are training us increasingly not to see with our natural eyes, but to look with the eyes of the Spirit, not to interpret situations, oh God, with our with our emotions only and our senses only, but to 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 access your heart uh, concerning. Uh, the things that we that we see and hear and experience, oh God, Lord, as you as you have taken us through many things this year that are equipping us for what is to come, we just ask that uh, that, that we, your people, Lord, that that you know, as we as we spend that time before you, as we invest in meditating upon your word and 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 fellowshipping one to another, that we would experience iron sharpening iron. That there'll be a repositioning and a quickening that happens on the inside of us. That are very vocabulary and our, and our utterances will change and be aligned with uh, the, the season and the hour of God, that we'll begin to see as you see, Lord, and that our lives and our hearts will be filled with hope and that our declarations will be aligned with the kingdom of heaven so that we see your purposes established, O Lord, and, and, and that which you have purposed for us to enter into in this season, Lord, will not pass us by. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we began uh, some five weeks ago talking about, you know, the the um, the importance of seed. Um, you know, the model nation is is a seed nation that the Lord is is seeking to to establish on the earth that will that will uh, that will be fruitful and, and increase and multiply and, and and become, you know, an expression of His kingdom that is unparalleled. Uh, you know, we spoke about. Um, you know, the Lord's precedent in the scriptures for one, raising up a nation uh, uh, as part of his process of redemption, uh, you know, raising up Israel to, to be carriers of the seed of promise. And that was, you know, natural Israel. And they had a purpose uh, uh, that preceded the, the, um, the overall plan of redemption uh, for, for man. They, they, they were a critical precursor to that. Uh, and then we looked at, you know, both the Old and the New Testament, um, the Lord um, speaking to us about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the church uh, being a royal priesthood and a holy nation, even as Israel was described as that when they were being brought out uh, of, of Egypt. Um, we, we looked at the fact that, you know, that prophets in the Old Testament, um, Isaiah, uh, for example, and, and, and Daniel, spoke to the coming of a nation that would not, um, that, you know, that would continue to wax stronger and that the other nations of the, of the, of the earth would, would ascend and, and come and seek wisdom and seek direction and, and seek discipling from this nation. And we looked in the New Testament and, and the Lord uh, showing, um, showing uh, his, his disciples as he was about to exit the earth that he, he, he wanted them, he commanded them, uh, to go in all of the power and authority that had been given to him to disciple uh, all the nations of the earth and, and, and teach them all the things that, had been, that they had received. Um, so then we went on to look at 
the importance of leadership in that. And we drew uh, examples and illustrations from, from, you know, the leadership of Saul, which was Israel's first king, and, and, and leadership of David, who was the second uh, king. Um, and, you know, we, we, we looked extensively at what it means to have the heart of um, uh, an orphan, and, and the, the implications and the repercussions of that uh, on on the heart on, on the leadership uh, that, 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 that the nation receives and experiences. Um, you know, we looked at how the attitude and the heart of Saul really permeated uh, many critical spheres um, that, that we would refer to as, as mountains, um, perhaps today, but permeated them with with his attitude towards. Uh, his own sense of identity and his own sense of belonging uh, permeated the nation. And, and, and by contrast, how, how David operated very differently. And of course, naturally, these, these spheres um, you know, will, will shape the culture, the direction, the, the health and the prosperity you know, of the nation. And of course, we contrasted this with, with, with David. And, and you know, of course, both men um, uh, had their flaws and they were imperfect. But um, you know, David was coming from a place where he really, uh, you know, was referred to by the Lord as a pursuer of his heart, as in a pursuer of the heart of the Lord. And, and we looked at how repeatedly we saw examples of how he, he constantly sought the Lord. He put the purposes of God and the, the, the priority of the honor and the elevation of Israel above, um, you know, his own priorities and his own his own agenda, which which we contrasted, you know, with with Saul quite quite significantly. Um, and and as we as we explored that further, uh, we 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 then went on to look at you know how one would move from a place of having uh, identity rooted in the wrong place, uh, that consciousness of of being an orphan, you know, being without a father and the insecurity and the instability that it brings, uh, the fact that many of us in the house of God who, who have on some level met the Lord still struggle with many of these issues of the heart, um, there must be a way forward and there must be hope. And we talked about the fact that uh, you know, repentance was, was the, the, the critical um, uh, way and the critical sort of method and process by which we migrate from the consciousness of being orphans to, 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 to having a son consciousness. And you know, the consciousness of a son is critical uh, to be able to uh, be, be joint heirs, to, to, to express the reality of being joint heirs with Christ, the, the reality of being uh, a co-regents with him, which is, which is the destination uh, for, for all who are called by his name, all that have received him. Today that received him, he gave them the, the right uh, to become sons of God. So being sons of God, being, being mature and manifested sons of God is the destination for all believers. And, and the ability and the capacity to, um, to, to, to interact with, with the Father and, 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 and the world around us from a kingdom perspective and have the authority uh, to govern is, is linked to our identity and our consciousness of Know, of being sons. Um, so today, as we sort of round up, um, I just want us to look a little bit at, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of next steps for David after he'd taken the throne. Um, and uh, because, of course, the aim was to establish the nation of Israel and to establish rule. Um, but there was a, there was a, a a process that occurred even after Saul's death, um, before David was crowned, you know, the king of all of Israel. So, you know, in 2 Samuel 2, you know, Saul has died, David has mourned, um, and, you know, the tribes of Judah, they come to him and uh, they, they accept him as king. We'll just look at that quickly. 
And I'll read from the New Life version, I think. And it says, after this, David asked the Lord, should I go up to one of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. So David said, where should I go? And, the, and he said to Hebron. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, who had been the wife of Nabal of Carmel. Carmel. Uh, David brought up his men who were with him, each one with those of his family. They lived in the cities of Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and there they chose David to be king over the family of Judah. So, um, you know, David has experienced Ziklag, he's experienced Adullam, um, and Saul comes to an end uh, during this, this period of, of, of David's life. But yet he's still, uh, as far as the Lord is concerned, the time has not yet come for him to be enthroned uh, uh, as king over all of Israel. And he, he asked the Lord, as we have seen is his custom, you know, where should I go? What should I do? Should I go up? And the Lord says to go to Hebron. Uh, now, Hebron uh, is, is the highest uh, point in, in um, Israel, in the nation. And it's very uh, mountainous, treacherous, uh, difficult territory. It's a difficult terrain. And, you know, the Lord tells him to go there. And he's there for some years before he is crowned uh, king of uh, Israel and Judah. And he's able to unite the nation. Um, now, this is a season uh, of processing, uh, I, I believe, for David. It's a season where he, he it's a season of, of testing. You know, those that have followed him there, um, those that have agreed to go, you know, remember, these are men that had joined him uh, when he was running around in caves. These are men that uh, had, you know, as, as, as were described in scripture, they were men who, who, who essentially societal, you know, rejects, they were in debt, they were poor, they were uh, outcasts. Um, and, and, you know, David was their champion. I mean, as you can imagine, in the natural sense, you know, when, when uh, it, it's spoken of in, in, in sort of low-income urban areas where gangs are formed, it's because those who are on the fringes of society are looking for uh, belonging, and they're looking for a sense of family, they're looking for community. And, you know, one may think of these men in, in a similar way, that they had joined David under these circumstances and in that point in their lives. And, you know, we, and we see at different points, um, you know, if we, if we consider the encounters that David has with Saul, uh, when he has the opportunity to overpower Saul, you know, the, the, the men around him are sort of egging him on. They're encouraging him to, to take his opportunity to, um, you know, to finish Saul and, and, and you know, get what is his. Um, and so we can see where their, where their heart and mind is at. It is David who, in spite of their, their cheerleading, as it were, um, resolves to, uh, to, to not uh, harm Saul and, and, and recognizes that, you know, this is not the way for him to, to lay hold of that which the Lord has promised. And, and, and it is wrong also for him to, to, uh, to stand against the Lord's anointed in this way. You know, these are the same men that have followed David uh, to the high point and the, 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 the treacherous and, and difficult terrain that is, that is Hebron. Um, and I believe this is a time where the Lord uh, seeks to separate, you know, the wheat from the chaff. This is a time... Uh, where, you know, relationships will be tested. And this is a time where there will have to be um, a, purpose, a purposeful decision to, to walk with David that is not um, simply a function of, you know, having my needs met. You know, this, this man is charismatic. Uh, he's able to talk his way in and out of anything and everything. He's able to even go to the camp of the Philistines. And because of his, his charisma and his skill and his usefulness, uh, he can find a place of refuge there. Uh, you know, he, he can navigate all of these difficult situations. And when you are hungry and you're poor, great. It, he's, he's great to have as your captain. But now we're going into more difficult terrain. We're going into a, a place that we have to actually deliberately ascend to get to. This is where the Lord has sent David. Uh, and it's a difficult journey to get there. So... 
if the basis of, of, of gathering around David at this point had been convenience, then there was going to be a filtering that was going to take place. There was going to be a, a separating that was going to take place. Um, and, you know, this lasts for some years uh, before David um, is, is crowned king over all of Israel. So, you know, all of this is, is relevant for us because, you know, on our journey uh, from, from encountering the Lord uh, and, and moving from the orphan state that we were before we knew him to, to, to sons and then to, to mature sons, um, you know, we recognize that initially when we meet the Lord, there is that honeymoon period where he seems to be, um, you know, meeting, uh, answering all our prayers very quickly. And, and, you know, every sort of tear we cry, he's sort of rushing to our aid. It, it, so it seems, uh, you know, and there's a way that he, 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 he sort of shows himself to us um, in those early days that, that aid our sense of assurance and, and, and persuasion that, you know, that he is for us. But, you know, there comes a time when, uh, you know, he, he demonstrates that he has chosen us uh, and, and he nurtures us and he, he, he comforts us and ministers to us and, and, and brings us to a place of stability and, 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 and restoration. Of course, we go through a lifetime of being conformed to the image of Christ, but there is like that, that sort of foundation laying uh, a period but as we mature, you know, the Lord desires for us to, um, to, to be moved by different things. You know, I, I, I remember a time many, many years ago when, uh, you know, I, I had, you know, some friends that were, were struggling to, to pay their rent. Um, this was back in the UK. And, and, and as, as they mentioned it, you know, I, I immediately felt that I should, I should pay it. Um, and, you know, I had the funds in my account to do so. And, and, I, and, I, and I kind of hastily made sure that I followed through before I had too much time to, to think about it uh, and, and talk myself out of it. So I paid. And I think within two or three days, I received a tax rebate for about, was it two to three times the amount I had paid uh, as rent? And, you know, of course... The Lord knew that the tax rebate was coming, but I didn't. Uh, so, um, you know, it was a test and I felt great. I thought, wow, you know, and one can be tempted to feel like well, this is how it is. You know, just do what the Lord says. And it's like a slot machine. You put something in and you get something back immediately. But over the course of my walk, you know, I'd learned that actually he's not a slot machine. Um, and he does those things uh, in, in our younger uh, time in him so that we would know uh, that we would grow in, 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 in sort of uh, excitement and they give us that reassurance of heart that indeed he knows every detail of our lives and that he's engaged with us. But subsequently, I mean, they've made many decisions that, that uh, the Lord has have me, had me make that he, he has shown me that the, the, the harvest um, is not immediate. Uh, you know, whilst I may have wanted to congratulate myself on account of the obedience, um, sometimes many years before the, the seeming reward or the, the harvest of, of that obedience uh, comes. So as we mature in him, uh, you know, as he, as he deals with our sort of uh, more obvious pains and wounds, you know, they, they are part of a process to, to reassure us to continue to journey in him. And he brings us to a place where he wants us to choose him. And you know, in this, this, uh, you know, this is this is what I believe. Um, you know, that's this season of David's life and journey, and, and this nation-building process uh, uh, represents. So, um, Hebron is the highest point in Israel. It's a place where relationships are formed and entered into on a different basis to Adullam. It's a place where uh, there, will be, there will be testing. You know, beyond the point where David is, is crowned, the, the scripture tells us that, um, you know, that, that there was a great deal of war 
between uh, the house of Saul and the house of David. And the house of Saul uh, grew weaker. Um, and the house of David continued to wax stronger. And I'm actually just... I mean, we can, we can look for those verses. Um, we, we don't necessarily need to read them now, but, 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 but that is the process that is ongoing. So David has had this breakthrough, but there is continual war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And this is even though Saul has been killed. Um, so in this time, if we go to uh, Second Chronicle, no, First Chronicles rather, First Chronicles 11. I'm just going to head there. Um, and we see, you know, what is going on, you know, with David in this, in this season. And we see that, that you know, his mighty men that we, that we read about, this is the time um, where they were fashioned. This is the time when they were formed. This is the time... Uh, where where they were tested. So verse ten, um, and I'm reading the new life. Um, the new life version it says these are the leaders of David's strong men. They gave him much help in his nation, together with all Israel, to make him king. Uh, so, so this is the, 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 the time in between when Judah is accepted as king and, and you know, um, before Israel does. Uh, it says, these are the names of David's strong men, verse 11. There was Jashobim, the son of Hakamanite, the head of the 30. He killed 300 men with his spear at one time. Then there was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. He was, the one, he was one of the three powerful soldiers. He was with David at Pastamim when the Philistines were gathered there to battle, where there was a piece of ground, where there was a piece of ground full of grain, and the people ran away from the Philistines. But he and his men stood on the piece of ground and fought for it and killed the Philistines. The Lord saved them by his great power. Uh, three of the 30 leaders went down to the rock and, and into the cave of Adullam where David was staying. The Philistine army was staying in the valley of Rephaim. David was in a strong place while the Philistine soldiers had their place in Bethlehem. David had a strong desire, he said. Oh, if only someone would give me water to drink from the well of the gate of Bethlehem. So the three men broke through the Philistine army. They took water from the well by the gate of Bethlehem and brought it to David. But David couldn't drink it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, far be it from me that I should do this before my God. Should I drink the blood of these men? For they put their lives in danger to bring it. So David would not, not drink it. These are the things, uh, these things are, are, are what the three powerful soldiers did. So, you know, when we start to read, um, you know, the, 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 the activity uh, that led to these men becoming uh, the leaders, the three, and the, the leaders of the three and the, and the 30, we see that, you know, they'd gone beyond hanging around David, uh, having him, you know, meet their needs. They'd gone beyond, um, you know, being unskilled and being hungry and being rejects. Uh, they had made that decision uh, to align themselves with David. They had taken a decision based on what they had seen of David uh, through those times uh, when, when, they were, when they were in need and he led them. And so they put themselves on the line uh, for him. Not, I mean, not just to, to, to get him a, a, a drink of water from, from Bethlehem, um, even though he didn't ask them to actually, he was just expressing a desire. But such was the honor and regard that they had for him that they put themselves on the line to, to minister to him and to meet that need. Uh, but, you know, the, the, those verses and, and continue to speak of the, the expeditions and the exploits uh, of these men of David um, that, uh, uh, that demonstrated that, that they had chosen the cause 
uh, that was the Lord's cause. And, you know, similarly, um, you know, in our time, in our time today, you know, the Lord was not asking us to take up literal swords and to, to enter into physical battles necessarily. Um, but, you know, this sifting that comes as a result of, of decisions being made, you know, for the Lord, uh, you know, the, those men in David's um, uh, army uh, and the, the, his generals, they obtain those positions through testing. They obtain those positions through a process that tested their loyalty and tested their commitment to, to the cause of the Lord that was, that was apparent on David's life. And I believe that, you know, those principles are applicable to us today. That, you know, David was discipling them in, in, um, in, in, a, in a consciousness of, of, of identity that was derived from the Lord. And his priority was the purposes, purposes of God and, and, and the, 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 uh, the betterment and the, 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 the objectives of the Lord for Israel. And anyone who would walk with him uh, and, and be a general in his, in, his, uh, in his army, as it were, would have to be aligned with, with those values and those purposes. And, and those people are identified through testing. They're identified through decisions that they make that align them, not with his personality, not with his provision, not with his protection of them, uh, but once they've been brought to a place of stability, what do they then do? And these men demonstrated that uh, they would follow David into, into, into difficult circumstances. They would follow him into into places that perhaps generally would not be appealing to go. You know, in this time that we're in, as the Lord uh, develops um, us as sons of God, as he, as he is uh, causing the model nation to emerge, I don't believe it will be any different for us. There will be times um, of testing, times where, you know, the Lord will test what is in our hearts. He will test our objectives. He will test why we are... Um, walking in a certain direction. You know, we see this with Christ when, um, you know, he had many people following him. And uh, we all know, you know, of, of, of the time when he tells them to eat his flesh and drink his blood, which is in John 6, I believe. Um, John 6, 53 and 54. You know, we've seen that the Lord is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's building quite a movement, as it were. And, you know, we see, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's numbers building. He has a following. He's just, he's fed the 5,000. You know, his fame has spread. He's walked on water. You know, he's teaching the people and he's having a major impact. You know, in, in, in our day, we will talk about ministry that has, you know, momentum. And, and you know, we often assess these things by, by numbers. And so Jesus has all the hallmarks of a ministry that is, that is successful and going in the right direction. But then in verse 53 of John 6, um, in the New Living Translation, it says, so Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person uh, at the last day. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of of, of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors died, did, even though they ate the manna, but they will live forever. Um, so he says these things in, in, in a synagogue in Capernaum. And then verse 60 says, many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? 
then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Uh, human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning ones which didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, verse 66, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So this is God incarnate. This is the perfection of, um, of man, a perfect expression of man uh, aligned with God. You know, this is not, you know, the resurrected Christ, but he, he, he walks on the earth without sin, perfectly with, with the Lord, uh, and, and demonstrates uh, uh, you know, what it is to, to, to be led by the Spirit and, 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 to be, and to be in two realms, so to speak. The point is there's no better example at that time for them. And, and, and they had the benefit of having uh, physical sensory stimulus by having him there physically. And yet still, verse 66 says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So there's testing. You know, he had just fed the 5,000. He had just walked on water. You can imagine the, the equivalent of such sensation now. Um, you know, there's, there's demonstration of abundance. Uh, you know, we're in a place where there are 5,000 people and everybody gets to eat. I mean, what does that, even now uh, in our time, to, to gather a group of 5,000 uh, men, you know, add women, add children, uh, and feed them all is a feat even now. How much more when you only had five loaves and two small fish to, sp to start with? So the sensation of, um, of the ministry of Christ, uh, you know, with this and him walking on water was really at a high point. And then he says that to them and they still turn back. And he asks the remaining disciples whether they're going to go too. Um, verse 67 says, then, he, then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, and asked are, you going to also, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. So, I mean, they didn't get it either, but they kind of did not see that there was any alternative, so they stayed. I mean, this is the same... Uh, Peter that said this, that he's going to go on to, to deny Christ uh, later on. But at this point, uh, you know, he, you know, they're still holding on. So imagine, you know, the, the whole process of, of Christ's walk uh, and, uh, you know, all of the things that he experiences all the way through to, you know, his crucifixion. And of course, he tells Peter at the Last Supper that, you know, um, or oh, he tells Peter uh, on the way to that point that he's going to deny him. Um, the, the devil desires to sift him like wheat and is going to deny him. But, you know, when he is restored, so, so, you know, the Lord kind of gives him that assurance of the other side. Now, Peter, in his consciousness at that time, can't imagine a situation or a scenario uh, of, what, of, of what would make him, you know, deny Jesus. He doesn't know what's in his own heart. As many a time, we do not know what's in our own heart. You know, David's men, they were sifted through testing, through going to Hebron, to ascending to the highest point in Israel, going to uh, uh, live in, 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 in a rocky and, and, and difficult and treacherous terrain. Um, you know, the, the uh, disciples of, of Jesus were tested incrementally and they were tested ultimately by his crucifixion and Peter who had been such a vocal loyalist and such a, uh, a an ardent and, and zealous defender of, 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 of the faith to his shock denied Jesus and, and was forced to confront the fact that actually maybe he didn't believe as much as he thought 
maybe he didn't, um, he wasn't following Jesus for the reasons that he himself thought or for the reasons that he appeared to be following him. There was a, a, a sifting. And he had to confront that. He had to face that. That had to be faced. And that had to be faced, you know, in all of us. Why are we following? Are we following? And if we're following, why are we following? And how much testing can we withstand? Is the, is the cause uh, of Christ, the word that the Lord has spoken concerning our lives, concerning our community, concerning our nation, is it enough to keep us uh, uh, charting the cause that we believe that he's called us to? Or will we also, like uh, Jesus' disciples in John 6, um, decide that, you know, this is too much or, or, you know, it's too hard? Or like Peter, when our, our hopes are dashed, when we, we, we've just watched um, uh, our Saviour be apprehended and, and, you know, we can see that it's not looking good. You know, it's looking like, you know, he's going to go to the gallows. Um, we're forced to reappraise our level of commitment and, 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 as it were, save ourselves and save our skins. You know, these are things that the Lord will test in our hearts, not because he wants to disqualify us, because he wants us, but because he wants us to to see what is our, in our own hearts and he wants us to make decisions. He wants us to bring those things to him and, and make decisions accordingly. We will still, he will still love us no matter what we decide. And we will still, uh, uh, you know, as we, as we often put it, make heaven. Um, even if we, we, we do not go the whole distance in terms of, you know, um, what he may be calling us to. But in terms of the fullness of the eternal reward that the Lord has for us, you know, it's a function, and, and it's, it's a function of the decisions that we make uh, to to follow Him and to follow uh, His cause and His purpose, and to place that above our own to the end. So we see, um, you know, a, a, an unfolding whereby you know, David is anointed. King in in Second Samuel two, um, and Judah accepts him, and and uh, they ascend with him uh, to to Hebron, and they stay there for for many years uh, together. You know, so they basically metaphorically they they go through this this process of of relocating uh, in a a place that is not easy to get to. It's not an easy um, place to ascend to. It's mountainous, it's treacherous, and they go and they, they make the journey and they live there. And in 2 Samuel 5, um, we see that, uh, you know, again, before David is made king over all of Israel, it's the function of um, decisions of men. He doesn't go... And persuade them. He doesn't go and, uh, you know, undertake military campaigns. They come to him. Second uh, Samuel five, from verse one, um, says in the New Living Translation, it says, "Then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, we are." your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who, who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, you will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. And that's... Uh, 2 Samuel 5, 1 to 3. So David goes with those that will go with him uh, at that point in 2 Samuel 2. He goes and they ascend and they take 
the journey, the difficult, inconvenient journey um, to the highest point in Israel. Uh, and, they, and, and, they, and they live there in, in Hebron, and, they, and they're, they're based in Hebron. And there's all of this push and pull and tug of war going on between you know, the residual elements of Saul's house and, and, and the house of David. But the house of um, Saul continues to weaken, uh, and, and, and David continues to strengthen. And when David is to be established as king over all of Israel, it is on account of a recognition by the rebellious tribes, a recognition by those who, um, who had resisted you know, that which the Lord was doing, uh, coming voluntarily, making a decision um, you know, to, to, to align with the purposes of the Lord. And, you know, it's interesting that after this, um, you know, verse 4 says, David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months. And from Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. So for seven years, um, he'd been king. Uh, uh, he had journeyed to this, to this high point and lived in this uh, relatively challenging context. And he had um, been faithful to the call of God uh, during that time. And then there's an alignment that comes when Israel recognizes on account of all that has transpired between the two points that indeed this is this is what the Lord is doing. Um, and then it says uh, in verse 6, David then led his men to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land who were living there. The Jebusites taunted David saying, you will never get in here. Even the blind and the lame could keep you out. For the Jebusites thought they were safe. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. So the journey for, to, towards that point where David is able to capture the city of Jerusalem, where he's able to establish his stronghold, it came after um, uh, you know, going to this high place in Israel called Hebron. Uh, where there was a sifting, where there was a processing, where there was a, a requirement for um, both him and those that would go with him to choose the purposes of God over and above their own com comfort, to choose uh, that, that unity of purpose um, above uh, you know, whatever they may have chosen when they were in the, 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 the phase of, of you know, the... the the phase of Adullam, where they were running around in, in caves and, um, and where they were very conscious of their own need and their own wants and their own priorities. And I, and I, I believe that's a lesson uh, to us today. As the Lord seeks to establish um, and bring to maturity this model nation, um, there's a sifting, there's a, there's a processing, there's a challenging that will come to us all where we will... Um, we will have to choose the purposes of God over our own comfort. We'll have to choose to follow at times even when we don't quite understand. Just as you know, the, the, the um, disciples said in John 6 that even though they found it difficult to process the, the prospect of, you know, they didn't understand what Jesus meant when he said he, he, he has to, they would have to you know, drink his blood and eat his flesh. They had at least the realization that there was nowhere else to go that offered uh, uh, the, the, the life, this is where the life is. So even, if they, even though they didn't understand, they continued. You know, our, our nation uh, and the nations of the earth um, must have uh, a living, breathing uh, representation of the kingdom that will be able to disciple them. Um, and in order for that to, to, to happen, you know, we see that as soon as there's unity between Israel and Judah, then David goes to Jerusalem and captures Jerusalem. And, and, and even though many, many before him, many had 
come before him and tried to capture Jerusalem and failed to do so. Once this whole process of, uh, you know, the Lord making clear that uh, this is his purpose and this is what he was doing and the process um, that, that David had gone through up until the point where, you know, he was uh, ascending to Hebron, which meant he had, he had, he had attracted people to himself. They'd come on the basis of need. Um, they had uh, stayed with him, you know, when, when, when it was sort of better than their alternative. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Saul had died and they had uh, been faced with um, uh, this ascend to uh, this, this more difficult place to live, uh, which, which, which was, you know, mountainous and, and, and treacherous and, and, and tough to arrive at, tough to reach. But they had gone through that process and they had stayed with him and, and, and stayed alongside him as he was faithful to, uh, you know, that which the Lord had done so far, even though the, the fullness of what was promised had not yet um, been made manifest. Um, and then, you know, during that period of time, decisions were made to follow the purposes of the Lord uh, by, by the rest of the nation. And once that process is complete and David is crowned king over all of Israel, then he's able to, to take the stronghold, that is, uh, take, take Jerusalem, which, which becomes his stronghold and becomes uh, the, the base and the place from which, you know, the, 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 his reign and, and, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the war that is waged on the enemies of, of, of Israel that brings them into a place where they are subdued uh, um, happens from that place of stronghold. But, you know, David didn't just go with the guys from Adullam and, and try to take Jerusalem. There was a whole process of, of him bringing, of the Lord bringing the, the nation into alignment, bringing them into uh, uh, commitment, sifting, testing, uh, giving rank on, on the basis of, of, of track record and demonstrated commitment. All of those things were happening. And then eventually, in, in 2 Samuel 5, it all comes together when, when Israel and Judah accept David as king and then the stronghold is established. Our nation and the nations of the earth need the, 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 the unity of the body around the purposes of God so that uh, that stronghold is established. And, you know, as we know, we're not all moving into a physical fortress. The fortress is, is the joining of our hearts, the alignment of our hearts, uh, uh, the connectivity of our hearts. So the imperative of that life of repentance and that imperative of allowing the Lord and the Spirit of God to work in us and heal us is so that we can fit together, so that we can connect, so that we can be, um, in the real sense, uh, a fortified place. And when that is established, then we can, we can look to uh, uh, you know, wage war against the, the rebellious nations, those that rebel against the purposes of God. But the stronghold must be established first. And the stronghold is established by the joining of our hearts. And on that journey to that place will, will, will come with testing. It will not always be convenient. You know, when we're still getting our needs met in Adullam, we haven't yet made that decision to journey to the high point of Hebron. Now, bear in mind that if Hebron is the highest point in Israel, then it means that uh, Zion is at a level, um, you know, Jerusalem is at a level that is below uh, that one. So if you can exist and operate and, and flourish at the level that is Hebron, then taking uh, Jerusalem that is at a lower level um, should be uh, a challenge that can be faced with, with conviction. So I believe that um, as we, as we, as we reflect on all of these things and the Lord really sort of shows us metaphorically and he speaks to us specifically and literally about things that are in our own lives and in our own hearts. You know, this is a time for us to, to walk with great faith and believe that he can help us to lay hold of the very things that, that he is setting before us. That, to believe that there is grace 
to make the decisions that he's calling us to make and to withstand, you know, whatever we may meet on the way. Because when we put his purpose uh, first and we align with his purpose and the purposes of his nation, which is the, the, the body, um, then he will establish us and he will position us um, to, to, uh, to operate from that place of, of unity and oneness and connectivity to, um, to address the rebellion and the darkness uh, of, of uh, those that would stand against the purposes of God. And our nation is not without hope because we are in it. But he's calling us to walk the path that he is pointing us into so that that which he desires to do can be done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have shown us during this, um, these past few weeks. I pray, Lord, that even as you have sown seed in our hearts, that you would just help us as we, as we steward that which you have given to us, O oh God. That we would, you would bring it to our remembrance continually, Father. That you would just work in our hearts, Father, and give us that grace to, to, uh, to yield and to obey. Uh, to, to, to ascend, my God, so that we may see with your eyes, that, we may, um, that we, may, we, may, we may make decisions based on that which you reveal to us and not, not, not uh, necessarily uh, by, by um, you know, how we feel or what may be instinctive to us based on where we're coming from. As you work in the hearts of your, of your, of your children, O oh God, and you cause us to come into this greater consciousness of being sons, that we would embrace the reality of what that means, and that we would uh, recognize that that which you are doing, Father, you have called us at this time and in this season uh, uh, to, to, to be on earth for, for the fulfillment of that purpose. I thank you, Lord, for our nation. I thank you, my God, that you're stirring your church. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing on the inside of us. I thank you, Lord, that you are knitting us together. You are, you are challenging us and, and confronting us and, and questioning us and causing us to look within and really to come up higher and to recognize that, you know, perhaps the way that we have done things in times past is, does not have the, 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 the ability or the potency or the capacity to take us to where uh, you are going next. Father, give us the grace to lay down the things that we need to lay down and to follow you where we need to go. Work in our hearts, O oh God, so that, that there is great fruitfulness and that the nations of the earth can find refuge in the flourishing of the model nation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us.